No playing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to D20 Dudes, a tabletop role-playing podcast where the dad decides our topic. I am your cyberpunk host, Dylan. Uh, my name's Molly. Regular Molly. She's not cyberpunk. No, but I am really good at asking questions. Yeah, that's why you're here. Yeah, you can just call me the question. <laughs> it is I, the question. <laughs> I don't know, because I ain't got no face. Wow. <laughs> I'll have to show you that video when we're done. Uh, you have. Okay. I call him a question. How <laughs> oh, you get your hair to shine like that? Oh, uh, this is just a natural gloss. So you just be lying? <laughs> that's my superpower. I ask questions. Hey, you don't ask questions. That's my power. And Superman's like, I'm asking you questions right now. Questions is not a power. And he's like, well, you're Superman. You got all the powers. So I figure you got question powers. <laughs> Today we are talking about Cyborg. Mm. Some of you may recall in days not long past, we covered Morkborg. Mm-hmm. This is kind of that, but also not. It's like Morkborg, but cyberpunk. It's in the far future, oh, where so things are like still... Witcher it's still really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's the same basic system. As Morkborg, so if you play Morkborg and you like Morkborg, you understand Morkborg, you pick up Cyborg, no problem. Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of extra stuffs in Cyborg. Like, it's it's got a bit more meat to it. There's a bit more heft to the system. There's like a, a bunch of like smaller subsystems to it that I mean there's a bit more crunch to this than there is in Morkborg, but I think that's mostly in a good way. Mm-hmm. So, we begin with the setting of Cyborg. The world is ending. Again. Mm-hmm. And again. Mm. And again. Mm. And again. Uh, so in series, or is this yeah. just a sequence? It keeps happening. Mm. That was one of the major themes of Morkborg, is that the apocalypse is going to happen and there's really nothing you can do to stop it. Same thing going on here, but it's cyclical. Oh. It's cyclical. I thought you meant like it's just a series of apocalypses. <laughs> or like, how does that even work? The nukes go off and then the space rock falls and then the eternal worm rises and mm-hmm. then Jeff just happens. Mm-hmm. Fucking Jeff. Yep. The world is covered in ads, been blasted by nukes, it's infested with alien nanites, being manipulated by hyper advanced artificial intelligence. Corpos wage private wars with their own private sect, corporations, propaganda machines, proxy runners. Everyone, and I mean everyone, is interfaced with the net, and the city is so old and the data so corrupted that no one even remembers its its name. It's just called Psy. Hmm. The whole game takes place within the confines of one real big continent-spanning cyberpunk city. Again, just called Psy. It has a name. We don't know what it is. It's the city of Y something. You get the letter Y and then a bunch of corrupted gibberish. So they just call it Psy. Mm. Psy has many districts, many places, many things to do. Central is where the new capitalists and the OG old money aristocrats made immortal by constant body mods, cybernetic replacements, and straight up clones with their original brains implanted back in live gated communities inside gated districts inside gated enclaves. Set corpse watch these areas like predatory birds, and anyone without clearance 
to be in there is given seconds to leave or get gunned down. Mm-hmm. Ports serves as a reminder that there is no way out of the city. There are three actual ports, air, sea, and space, and people only ever come in, never out. The mm. illusion of escape draws many to this district, and it becomes a labyrinthine universe of clubs, drug dens, black markets, and heavily guarded warehouses. Everything from half-rotted drug dens to restaurants so exclusive even the execs can't get in will pop up in ports. And there's only three. There are only three. There's a spaceport, there's an airport, there's a seaport. So, where is the spaceport going to? Uh, space. Okay. There's satellites dotting the sky, projecting giant holographic ads down onto the night sky. And it's always the night sky. The sun never rises in the city. Mm. Ooh, it's a bad scene. Some people live in these semi-orbital satellite facilities, working in asteroid mining, whatever. It's bonkers. Straight up nuts. Mm-hmm. If you can think of it, it's there because the system is vague and the setting is made so that you can put your own bullshit into it. Just Matt, like Morkborg. It's something I like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it keeps that same kind of minimalist thing going on, but then it adds more to it. So there's more, there's less, less, but also more, less. It's a, <laughs> there's a lot so going on here. It's a good framework. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. G0 is where the rock fell, it's where the bombs dropped where the war started and ended. A post-apocalyptic rad quagmire full of mutated beasts and sentient, hungry nanoswarms hostile to all life it doesn't create. Mm. The Corpels built a massive concrete wall around the entire zone to keep out the mutants, nano-freaks, and whatever makes that noise at night. Keep out or keep in? Keep, keep. I guess it's really a matter of perspective. Also, how close is this to Central? Are they, like, right it's, next door? Uh, yes, it is right next. This is G0 <laughs> is the dead center of the city. Wow. Some of the old medieval sections of the city supposedly still stand, and the scrapheads looking for antiques, smugglers running goods, cultists seeking profane truths, or scientists looking to profiteer from the fallout often sneak their way inside. So, by medieval, what do you mean? Like, apparently some of the um, Galgenbeckian architecture from Morkborg still exists in G-Zero. Ooh. And people will go in there to plunder it, sell off those old artifacts for tidy sums. Mm Mm-hmm. The industrial zones are nightmarish toxic hellscapes with sprawling factories packed to the brim with poor souls who have no choice but to work in corpo death lines to make ends and never meet. Mm-hmm. The Steel Isle of Mosscroft reigns foulest of them all, a nightmare production line that manufactures textiles and weapons and processes fish into edible and inedible, inedible matter on a scale as large as Central itself. Only fish? There's corpse starch. <laughs> I was like... I mean... <laughs> it's, it's I, I would have imagined that they would have, uh, like, drained the seas already. Oh no, there's still oceans. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of oceans. Well, I know there's oceans, but is there life in that ocean? <laughs> you want to go there and find out? <laughs> the slums near G-Zero bear visible scars of all kinds, from festering scabs to scorch marks to psychic shock to things far more sinister. Gangs fight the cults, the cults fight the militias, and uncontrollable spirals of violence, drugs, and destruction determine who is in control of the detritus of Psy. Hmm. 
Shadow Market, stolen military hardware, and hole-in-the-wall, no-questions-asked Reaper Dot clinics are what factions like the Virid Vipers and the Heirs of Kurgaz fight to maintain dominance over in the slums. Mm-hmm. In the canals, a never-ending bustle of taxi boats, market barges, floating homes, and super tankers plow through fatbergs and filth-foaming waves. Size archipelagic outlet tangles ships and mercurial mazes of heavily patrolled aquaculture cages, and further east is trackless, infinite expanses of lifeless oil rig graveyards, siren-like hollow beacons, and drifting plastic continents that lure vessels astray from whatever faraway ports they had hoped to reach. That was quite a sentence. I have almost written this entire outline into like one long slam poem, and I didn't do it on purpose. That's okay. I was like, man... That sentence could. That sentence is girthy. <laughs> <laughs> I really went hard on this. I didn't need to. I don't know why I did. As <laughs> <laughs> I'm like really into it, like these systems and like these kind of like grim dark, like there's tell. no winning. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're just doing it to survive another day. There's no like great lofty goals or aspirations. I like the kind of character development that comes out of these kinds of settings where you're not doing it be i'm going to be the hero of the land and people shall know me as the good no like that that shit is so common so played out everyone wants to be the hero but i want to meet the guy who's not the hero i want to be the guy who has cybernetic claws implanted into his wrist so that he can fight people off at a moment's notice not because he needs to be the guy who's going to save the world but because he knows if he doesn't have those claws then the next guy around that corner is going to do that to him Mm. it's a struggle Also, the world is ending. It's ending now. It's going to end again in another apocalypse. It's not cyclic. It's just one long line. (laughs) (laughs) It's just one really long apocalypse that keeps happening. They're like, this is the apocalypse. Then they get better for a little bit. And then there's another one. And it just continues. Well, we'll get into why it's cyclical here in a minute. Because Mm -hmm. this one I actually think is really funny. Mm -hmm. The hills are locked safely behind gates that are safely behind gates. Fortress-like villas and mansions swallowed by private parks and shopping centers. The higher you climb, the greater the luxury and the higher the security. Officially, there is no crime in the hills. Any unfamiliar face is tracked and rendered in a panopticon of surveillance feeds and the set corps are paid well for their discretion and brutality in dealing with anyone without an invitation. Hmm. The in-betweens are tracts of shitty apartments and run-down bodegas full of the salary folk, the cubicle zombies, and the cogs of the great machine stored away until the next day when they go into work again. The sky is dominated by an oppressive vista of faceless concrete brutalism, and every moment of their lives are bombarded by advertisement. Even the prison of Borghold has grown so massive that entire families live in small villas or multifamily homes, having never seen the outside of those massive concrete walls. You think those bodegas make amazing sandwiches too, like they do in New York City? Probably not, given that everything in this setting sucks a fat dick. That's fair. They talk a lot about cheeseburgers. Everything right now also sucks a fat dick. (laughs) Also, that's the most American-coded. They're like, we need to make it really American-coded cheeseburgers. (laughs) It's just burgers. Like, they... One of the things you can loot off of corpses, like you rifle through someone's pockets and you find a burger. I shit you not. You can't see me just like squinting. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. I'm like, I don't trust it, but like maybe it's like like a perma canned burger, but it's I don't know, it's the future, right? 
Yeah, it's all pre-packaged, jammed with preservatives. It's there to get you through another day, not to keep you healthy. I know. This is reminding me of playing um, uh, Something of Shadows. The one, the the procedural generated like detective game that I've been playing. And, oh, that game looks so fun. I really want to get it. It's really, really, really fun. And it's also in like a corporate futuristic. Well, not quite futuristic, but like a corporate hellscape. But it's like the 40s, kind of, you know, private eye. Yeah, it's 40s, but in the future. Yeah. Yeah, it's <clears throat> kind of really similar. Everything really sucks. Uh, and you can just get food anywhere. Room temperature right out of a vending machine. <laughs> I watched Charborg do a stream where he uh, added Twitch integration so that the NPCs would be like his um, his viewers. Mm-hmm. And he just went and started hunting them down. <laughs> That's hilarious. He just became a serial killer and started killing all of his viewers. He put That's like so a funny. TTS thing in. So, like, I didn't if, know um, you could kill people in the game. You can't. He had to get a mod for it. Uh, okay, okay. But um, yeah, he, he had like a TTS thing. So like anybody who was like the person being hunted, like they could type stuff in chat and it would like say it it was really <laughs> funny it's it's a really good watch that sounds funny Ooh. that game is outside so dorky looking sorry continue it's, yeah it's really silly mm-hmm. outside the city are fields upon fields of automated agricultural machines the size of cathedrals what few trees remain assaulted by buzzing sawing burning clear-cutting drones that don't care what or who they cut down as they come across the old tomb towns full of roadrunner clans that view the city as a behemoth to be blown apart by any means necessary the net is everywhere the net is in everything an ever-present consensual semi-hallucination shared by the city a fractal amalgamation of AR, VR, old internet, and modern cyberspace. The net is an omnipresent deity, impossible to map or escape, always trying to sell you something, keep you scared, hack your behavior. With a retinal communication device, anyone can access the surface, but venturing deeper beyond the consumer access zones requires a cyber deck, and to affect your immediate surroundings requires the appropriate apps. Neat. So in the same way that Morkborg has the calendar of Necrobell, uh, Cyborg has the miserable headline, miserable headlines that are importance of the world ending. Um, so in mm-hmm. that same vein, um, the group kind of before the game starts uh, will come to a consensus. How long do they really want this game to be? And you determine a die. It can be as small as a D4 all the way up to a D100. And this just kind of determines the general length of the campaign because at the beginning of each day, that die is rolled and a result of a one triggers a miserable headline. Mm-hmm. And these are everything from corporal wars escalating, taking out entire districts, uh, cults assassinating head execs and creating power vacuums, bioterror attacks from non-humans, parts of the city succeeding, uh, previously safe regions becoming war zones, virus attacks on the net, solar storms causing communications blackouts, anything that would cause major disruption in the city. The seventh headline that gets rolled is always the same. Rector Magnificus Professor Dr. Duru Everin at SciU has found proof that the world is a simulation run by unknown entities. Everin could not be reached for further comment. In 12 hours, the simulation resets replay the entire campaign damn so the world ends again and again and again so it's every time Groundhog it just Day gets thing? reset yep 
but it comes back worse every son- every time, so saith the book. But at least this time it doesn't tell me to burn the book that I paid a lot of money for. <laughs> so, so Karen- how do you make it stop cycling so that you can move on to another game? You don't. Oh. There's no stopping the apocalypse, Molly. No, no, no. I meant like, do you have to keep playing with the same characters over and over? Like, oh, no. Your character, like, this is... This is the same thing as like Morkborg. Your character is probably going to die within 15 minutes of the campaign starting. Go ahead, roll a new one there, buddy boy. I see, I see. Okay. You're not meant to keep characters very long in these systems. That's why generating them is so quick. In fact, as I was looking through Morkborg, oh, this is actually a really funny thing. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking through some Morkborg stuff, and what I was going to say is I found like a character generator that just like you plug in a few things and it just shits out a character for you so you can keep going. Um, I actually started like a little play by post more pork thing and decided that every day, like real time, like when I woke up, I was going to roll a D six mm-hmm. and that was going to be our campaign limiter. Um, however far they made it or however far they didn't make it in the game. Uh, once I hit the seventh headline, that game was over. The world ended. Um, since I chose a D six for the past two days, I've rolled a D six and we haven't even <laughs> made it through character creation. And two advents have already happened. <laughs> I rolled a one both times. Damn. So we're still in the midst of character creation and the world is the third ended. Oh boy. Right. Anyway. You're like, character- hey, uh, it's new. Uh, it's worse. Again. It'll be really funny if we get to like the very end of character creation and that like is my seventh one and we just have to start character creation over. <laughs> play the damn game oh man what if that character creation it in, really is in, cyclic yeah in cyborg uh it, it's very similar to Morkborg in the way that characters get made you've got like a bunch of optional classes that will change like what your starting gear could be what kind of abilities you have um giving like a few extra things but they're completely optional a baseline character You start with 2d6 times 10 credits, some cheap clothes, a retinal communication device, and some additional gear determined by a few die rolls, like d6, d12, d12. Mm -hmm. For your ability scores, you roll 3d6s and use the result on a table to generate a score from negative 3 to plus 3. Notably, Cyborg introduces a knowledge stat instead of rolling all of your mental checks into presence. You actually have something specifically for like doing the thinky stuff, and then presence is more like your charisma stat. Hmm. But so it's then, a little bit more like D and D than Morkborg was. The tiniest little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Agility, strength, and toughness are all the same. Um, your hit points are still a toughness or toughness plus D eight with a minimum of one because you could very easily roll a one and have a minus two on toughness and then have a character that dies in childbirth or some shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, your carrying capacity is strength plus eight. Anything past this adds plus two to the DR of strength and agility tests, and you can't carry anything more than twice strength plus eight. The standard difficulty rating for a test is 12. If a D20 plus or minus your score hits a 12, you do the thing. Abilities and circumstances may make these roles easier or harder. But that's the general rule. If you don't know specifics on something, if you just need to make a roll, you have them roll a stat, compare it to 12. If they hit 12, 
they did the thing. In yes. combat, the GM generally doesn't roll. The one thing the GM will roll in combat is a D6. On a result of 1, 2, or 3, the enemies go first. On a 4, 5, or 6, the players go first. Normally, this just means the players are going to take their turns in whatever order they want to, but if you absolutely have to have an initiative order, you can roll agility to determine who goes first in initiative. It's really not required to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But past that point, the GM really doesn't do much. They will... um, If the PC wants to attack a target, they will roll strength for a melee attack, presence for a ranged attack, or agility for an auto-fire weapon. Uh, And a weapon that auto-fires, if you hit the target, you can make another attack roll against the same target. If that one hits, you can make another attack roll up to three consecutive hits. So you can hit the same target three times with the weapon that's rapid-fire, basically. That's nice. Okay. If a PC is attacked, the the GM doesn't roll any of that. The PC will instead roll defense means they will roll their agility to avoid damage. Uh, Usually having heavy armor will impose a higher um, DR on this. So like Mm -hmm. having really heavy armor can make that like DR 14 or DR 16. Um, The trade-off being armor can reduce the incoming damage based on the rating. So like light armor will be a D2, medium D4, heavy a D6. And you'll roll that and reduce the damage by that amount. But a hit will always do at least one damage unless that would reduce their health down to zero. Hmm. In order to lower their health to zero or below zero, they have to do more damage than their armor would soak up. Because otherwise, what's the point of armor, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> so critting on an attack, being a 20 on the die, does double damage, and reduces the target's armor or cover rating by one. Critting on defense gives you a free attack against the enemy that tried to hit you. Both of those are really nice results. Yeah. Bumbling, being a one on the die. A what? Drop something. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Sorry, so rolling going. a one on the die. On an attack roll, you will roll a d6. On a 1 to 3, you're out of went out, out of ammo, you drop your weapon, or otherwise make it unusable until you spend an action to fix it. Mm-hmm. On a 4 to 5, your weapon misfires or breaks and must be repaired outside of combat before you can use it again. And on a 6, your weapon explodes or otherwise hurts you for D6 damage and is, re- is beyond repair. You lose that weapon. Amazing. <laughs> that Wouldn't that funny. suck? You spend like a lot of credits on getting like a really nice weapon and it explodes the next combat. That's amazing, because it would, would also be hilarious. <laughs> it would be really fucking funny. Fumbling on a defense means that you will take double damage, and your armor or cover is reduced by one rating. After combat, now these are some nice rules. I like these new rules. Mm-hmm. After combat, you roll a d8 or a d6 if you use auto fire for each weapon you fire. A 1 to 3 means that your mag is empty and you have to replace it. So they do ammo in kind of like an abstract way, kind of like the way Wrath and Glory does it, where like you've got magazines and like you're not counting bullets or anything like that. You just have these certain things that can cause ammo to be expended. And as long as you've got more ammo, you're just good. You're not counting how many shots you've taken or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think abstracting ammo is a nice thing because playing Pathfinder or playing D&D and I was like, oh, I've got three arrows left. Now I got to wait till I get to town before. Now that shit always annoys the hell right out of me. Mm -hmm. 
that's just like that's a sink for a lot of money that it doesn't need to be spent and it it just serves to limit a character in a specific purpose that they were designed for. So having this ammo extra- abstracted, very good. Top tier. Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like it. And then it if you have time, in your hand. <laughs> yeah, then it blows up. <laughs> <laughs> if you have time after combat, like you're not like in a crunch, um, you've got some time to like sit and catch your breath, have a drink or whatever, you can then also restore a D4's worth of HP. Being able to restore HP for no cost after every combat is so fucking nice. Yeah, it must be all the preservatives. <laughs> Keeping you young. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, resting is the same as it was in Morkborg. You spend at least six hours resting. You get a D6 worth of HP back at the end of every day, um, assuming you're not like sick or infected or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then the preservatives um, are failing. Yeah. You also have to make sure you have food and water. If you don't, then you will not get any healing. And if you start starving, then you start taking damage until you die. You need to when... eat more preservatives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to just inject salt directly into my veins oh, so that I can't get me. any bacterial infections. <laughs> mm. <laughs> preserve me. <laughs> preserve me, father. <laughs> <laughs> When the GM decides it's appropriate, uh, it's improvement time, hopefully. Hopefully. You will f- yeah, because you can very it's much... just like more cord. You can get worse, yeah. <laughs> so you roll a 6d10. If the result is equal to or greater than your current maximum HP, you will then roll a d6 and increase your maximum HP by that amount. So this, this 6d10 is a very generous thing. I think that pretty much means that for a while your HP will just be going up, as long as you don't die. Oh, that's good. That that sounds easy enough, right? Yeah. You're no longer one of those random peasants in Borgborg. <laughs> I mean that I mean, we did have somebody who rolled two <laughs> HP for their health in a thing. <laughs> that person could have been sneezed on and they would have died. Dude, that's why I was trying to be so careful when I was trying to clean out the latrines. <laughs> it's like I'm just I mean like I didn't have two HP, but like what if someone else does? I gotta watch out for the little guy. You will then roll a d6. On a 1, 2, or 3, you get nothing. On a 4, you will search your pockets and find a weapon mag you forgot about and a random booster mod. Mm-hmm. Um, on a 5, or no, I'm sorry, on a 4, you get some credits. On a 5, you get the weapon mag and the booster mod, or on a 6, you will, get, you will find a faintly glowing pebble that has a 20% chance to infect you with a random nano power. Mm-hmm. Could be nice. Also mm-hmm. could be awful. You will then roll a d6 against every one of your ability scores. If it is greater than your current ability score, you will raise that score by one. If it is lower, you will lower that ability score by one. Mm-hmm. Abilities at negative three to plus one will always improve unless you roll a one on the die. A one on the die will always lower your ability score down to the minimum of negative three, with the maximum being plus six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now on to miscellaneous systems, things that I think make the game differentiated from Morkborg in some nice ways, um, and that these are the things that kind of add a little bit more crunch that I was talking about. Ooh. So a new mag for any weapon will cost 10% of its original price. 
and single-use booster mods can modify a single shot with special abilities. Things that are like doing fire damage to putting a geolocator tag on somebody, infesting somebody with a nano infestation, armor piercing, ricocheting off walls, that kind of stuff. You can buy these single-use mods that make your guns for a single shot do these really cool things. Mm-hmm. You can buy drugs. They can give beneficial effects, but usually at a significant drawback. Some of them don't even have beneficial effects. They just have significant drawbacks. Wow. Such is life. <laughs> Others can be genuinely useful, like uh, Red Juice, which you can take and it will heal you for a D10 HP once per day. Or O-Sleep, which removes your need to sleep until at the end of every day you have to f- pass a DR8 toughness check and add plus two to that for every day that you continue using it. <coughs> when you fail, you fall unconscious for the rest of the day. There are some that will literally just make you go blind or do damage to you or make you hallucinate. They're just re- weird random drugs. Mm-hmm. Cybertech can do cool shit. My favorite is where you can put claws in the back of your hands that like shoot out like Wolverine. And the game colloquially calls these Logans, which just tickles me to fucking death. That's cute. <laughs> They can improve your strength. Um, they can put like a hidden compartment in your body that you can stash a weapon in. Um, they can make your hand into a detachable drone that walks around and does stuff. You can put your brain in a black box that can be implanted into a new body after death as long as it isn't destroyed. Ow. But Ghost in the shell. Yes. But the more cyber tech you have in your body, the more susceptible you become to electronic attacks. Mm. So having more cyber tech can make you more dangerous, but it also means that there is a backdoor into your body. If you have a cyber deck, you can purchase apps that let you do things like activating or deactivating nearby networked things, um, false flagging somebody to be targeted by set corpse, uh, hacking nearby turrets to you know change your priority to friendly or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, general cool hacker shit. Cool hacker shit. Fumbling. TM. Yeah, cool hacker shit. <laughs> Fumbling on using an app applies a backlash. And this can be anything from like um, black ice protocols, like doing brain damage to you, to um, false flagging you. Yeah. Black like, ice is like a, a general, like it's just going to, like once triggered, will um, produce like an electric shock out of your system and hurt you. That doesn't make sense with the name at all. How? I don't listen. It's just what it's called. Black eyes. Okay. Um, it can burn out your deck, uh, destroy some of your apps, uh, just make you blind for a while, or ID you to a hacker collective that will demand ransom from you or put evidence of your crimes all over the net. Um, backlashes can the have some devastating consequences. <laughs> <laughs> They've reverse hacked us. <laughs> they kicked me out of the mainframe. <laughs> I'm in. Check it, check it, check it, check it. I wish I still had that keyboard laying around so I could just mash my hands on it for a second and make the sound effect. Uh, I used to bully the shit out of that. <laughs> you can get nano powers. Um, so they're like these nanites that are kind of floating around that were originally an entirely human invention, but then they got infested with a, like this weird alien bacteria that hijacked them in the nanites and made them start doing really weird shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can have a host of very useful effects, like healing you automatically, um, reliving the final memories of someone dead by eating their flesh, uh, controlling somebody's body remotely, 
or even just becoming a nanite swarm for a short duration. And not like your body becomes a nanite swarm, but you just put your consciousness into a nanite swarm. And if somebody kills your body during that time, you're just a nanite swarm now. <laughs> Enjoy your new life, buddy. Nice. Can you go from nanite swarm back into body? Um, so like there's not like a specific rule for it, but like that would be like my immediate thing. Like if I'm a nanite swarm and I can like infest someone's body to take over, I would absolutely do that. So I would uh, yeah. absolutely allow that kind of shit to happen. Like being able to have a body again. Yeah. Nano powers can come with infestations, which will alter your body physically. Sometimes these can be helpful, but they usually come with very significant drawbacks. Like you can just look like you have bugs crawling underneath your skin at all times. And then when the infestation triggers, you start taking damage because they're trying to like burst their way out. Mm -hmm. Um, you can have these gills that will let you breathe underwater, but when the infestation triggers, you can't breathe air for a short duration. So you have to use your gills, and if you're nowhere near water, well, good luck, buddy. Um, your third eye that you have from your infestation uh, will suddenly start just flooding your brain with, like, colors that you're not supposed to be able to comprehend. And this shit will give you, like, minus 4 DR on presence of knowledge test which would be really nice, but the alien input your brain isn't too tuned for will add plus 4 DR to everything else. You can have random bone spikes start jutting out that you have to file down so they're not causing damage to you that will suddenly undergo a massive growth spurt and just hurt real bad. Wow, bone spurs. A nanite swarm can take over your body and you're just someone else now. Dang. Right? Like permanently take over or like yes. back and forth? Oh, okay, okay. They can, the, it, in similar vein to how there are devastatingly awful like magic backlashes in mm -hmm. Morkborg, the nano infestation and the hacking backlashes can do things that like if you just roll real bad, we'll just fuck your entire character. Because that was one of the things like if you roll, if you fumbled a magic roll and you had to roll a d20 on the table. Um, I think like a result of 20 means that one of the two headed basilisks just pops up out of the ground and eats you. Goodbye. Wow. Yeah, it's fucked up, right? Yes. So. Ugh. Damage. Sounds crawly. Yeah, it's gross, right? Mm hmm. Damage. If you fall into negative HP, you die. If you have mm -hmm. zero HP, you roll a D8. Mm -hmm. On a one to two. You're unconscious for D4 rounds and awaken with D4 HP at the end of it. Mm. On a three or a four, you test presence DR with plus one DR for every cyber tech you have installed. If you pass, you will just be unconscious as previously stated. But if you fail, you go into Psy Rage, which means you go completely berserk, you gain D8 HP, and you attack random targets twice per round with your most effective weapon. Your attack DR is lowered to 10. Your defense DR is increased to 14. You cannot be stopped unless you are beaten unconscious or killed. Hmm. On a 5 to 6, you get a critical injury. You roll on a table to determine which part of your body part has been completely destroyed and needs to be replaced. This can be anything from losing a finger to losing a whole arm to popping out one of your lungs and you need to handle that right quick. You were... You are then once again unable to act for D4 rounds. You get up with D4 HP. On a 7, you will have a hemorrhage, and you will die in D2 hours unless you are treated. All tests are DR16 in the first hour and DR18 in the last hour. On an 8 is once again instant death. Unless mm -hmm. you can pay. 
If you have a bank account with at least 1,000 creds, there is a 50% chance an ER team can reach you in time to save your life. You add an additional zero to that number required for every HP below one. Dang. For each negative HP, you will need to spend D6 days in intensive care, but you'll survive. Mm -hmm. <coughs> oh god, I've used my narrator voice too much. Kind of <laughs> messed my voice up a little bit. Well, stop. <laughs> Um, it, so we've covered like most of the basics, like we're already running long on time. Uh, mm -hmm. There was every chance that we were going to have to split this into a two parter if I didn't get through this quickly enough. Um, and like, there's lots of stuff we didn't cover. Like we could have gone into detail over the nano infestations or like what the apps do. Like there's a lot of stuff that we could have put a lot more time into. We just, we don't have all day to sit here and talk about this, but if you, if any of this interests you, please buy this system. Like, holy shit. You can actually find, like, a, a pared-down rules light version for free on their website. Same with Morkboard. You can find the system, like, just the basic rules without all the special artwork and fancy stuff in it just for free. So if you're interested, you're kind of on the fence, go download it, try it out. If you like it, spend the money. These guys deserve it because it's all of, like, three dudes who are working on these really cool systems and all this really cool artwork. Check the cool. shit out, please. It looks nice. I'm looking forward to it. And you know what? It ain't gonna be long, because Molly? Yeah. We ain't rolling the D20 this week. So we're gonna continue on next week? Molly, we're gonna make a character for you. And oh. We're gonna start running a scenario on the podcast. We're gonna start doing some cyborg. That's run exciting. How the system goes. Yeah, I'm that. super looking forward to this. Yes, same. So, yeah, we'll we'll get you a character made uh, starting next week. We'll, we probably won't make it go super long. Maybe one, two, maybe three episodes max, mm -hmm. um, like at the very most. But we'll run through a little cyborg thing. I'll just write one up real quick. We'll run you through that, kind of explore the world a little bit, explore the systems a little bit, mm -hmm. um, and that'll be what we talk about. So, thank you, Yay. everyone for listening if you would like to find us facebook.com slash d20 dudes if you want to find us on twitter it is twitter.com slash d20 dudes or at d20 dudes on twitter if you want to hang out with us in the discord and talk more about cyborg or more Borg, or just listen to me be a fucking moron like i do all the time there is a discord link down in the description if you would like to monetarily support the podcast just three dollars a month on patreon.com slash d20 dudes can get you a shout out in every episode like we have for good buddy Zam, good buddy word, good buddy Jenny, good buddy Molly, and good buddy Ken Thomas. Huzzah. He's the only one who has a surname. Yes. <laughs> uh, because you respect him the most. I do. He has been my longest going patron. I, he's, I haven't talked to him in months. We'll try and every now and then just be like, hey Ken, how you doing dude? And like We won't get anything out of him. But he he just keeps he keeps uh, supporting the podcast. So thanks, man. Mm -hmm. You're you're real rad for doing that. Thank you. Um, so we will catch you in next week's episode where we start running a cyborg scenario. Bye bye. Bye bye. I'll have to laminate a page this time.